Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report. So I'm going to start with wheat prices. It's had a kicking this week. Didn't really see that coming, got to admit it. Farmers have not accepted the bitter tablet. They're not selling it. But the market has come off on the futures, £5 a tonne. It come off in the States, come off in France. Yeah, the whole market's down a bit. It feels a bit like the UK's going to do some massive import job in the new year. And our speculation is that probably the size of the Aussie crop, there's going to be some of that coming our way sometime after Brexit is signed. But it doesn't mathematically work out as far as we know at the moment, but it certainly has had a good old roasting. So feed wheat prices, we would pay 190 still for May, and less a pound a month from there as we come forward. So it has had a knockback. 190 is still a relatively good palatable price in my view. Feed barley is 144x for spot movement. That I don't see going down at all. I think there's good demand for that for export into the new year as well. So I don't see that suffering. It never did go up anywhere near as much. So from a market that was at harvest time, 120, it's had a good rally and it's not going to go down much in our view. Malting barley, very few friends. The Doing Grain podcast hasn't been drinking enough beer, so there's not enough malting barley being used. So if there's someone short for that and you've got a product that's getting a premium, then book him, Dano. We'll see rape. I'm going to hand the microphone over to the fully recovered Ian Webster. Like you said, Andrew, so we've got a kick in rapes. It really did get kicking. It dropped 20 euros. I think the May high is about 414, traded down to 396. And what's it mean to you on farm? It means East Anglia basis about 357, so a couple of quid off the top. I mean, the shakeout has brought it back. It needs a technical sell-off, and it has triggered technical selling because of the rain in Brazil and Argentina. But no, fundamentally, I still feel it's quite a firm future. Vegetal market is firm. Palm oil market is still firm. Hopefully, once this shakeout has worked itself out, I think we'll see new contract highs within a short period of time, hopefully. Thanks, Webby. We'll just have a quick seed update from Josh. Have we run out of seed? No, we got to work on Monday morning. We had 25 tonnes worth of winter wheat seed orders, which is pretty significant considering it's the 30th of November. Yeah, we still had quite a bit ordered today in the last couple of days. No one's talking about spring barley, so spring barley seed will be tight because the Midlands and the North had loads of germination problems when it rained like hell through harvest and into September when we got it through October, so... I think seed will be short for spring barley. We've got plenty. At we the do, yeah. I've sent yeah. them away for testing, so. Good. Okay, yeah. so that's that's all well and good now. So originally we were going to have the market report and the beer drinking as one session and then go into the chat. But the way the beer drinking kind of turned out, we're going to shuffle it to the back of the podcast. So those of you who are really grown up will miss it. But it's quite a giggle. So we've had a very short market report and then we're going to go into the chat between uh, our COVID friend Ian and myself. And then we have Josh, Henry, Ian and myself enjoying a couple of beers. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours.
The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download and with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 or email info at And now it's time for Farm Chat. We're going to start this week's chat catching up with Ian Webster. I know a load of you are very worried about him and his uh, recent demise. So, Ian. It's been quite nice, actually. We have got a few listeners because I've had a few text messages and calls from mates around the trade and farmers that have heard. And, yeah, we've had very fortunate, I've got to say, looking back at it. And you, you never know quite where you're going to go with it, but we haven't really had any significant symptoms other than cabin fever, really. Mm. Well, that's I have, great. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you, you must have spent time looking up the various things on the internet. Going, oh, oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, you so. do. You naturally do. And you think, how do your symptoms progress? And, yeah, we lost our taste and smell. But that's as far as it went for us, really. My missus got a bit chesty. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, but, no, we... Um, and unfortunately, I passed it to, well, well, we don't really know, but mum and dad came down with it. And again, they are... Well, they're a little older than you, obviously. So what? A few, year, few years. And yeah, they dealt with it pretty... They, they've held on to a cold a lot longer. But again, I'll, I'll never try and downplay the symptoms and what the whole virus is, because I can see how damaging it is around the country. But we're very fortunate that we haven't had anything major. So when you were looking up on the internet all the things you might be dying of, what lessons have you learned? You, you talked about viral load at one point. Yeah, I, again, we don't know where it is, but I think naturally with Norfolk, we're not, it's not coming across loads of people that are testing positive. And I think you read about the viral load, and I think that is significant with us. And hence why I, I don't think the NNN, or for the wireless, is Norfolk and Norwich Hospital, is, is overrun with um, you know, people in intensive care on it because I think naturally we're a more isolated community. I think the viral load is less. And do you, I mean, have you been like supermarket shopping? Are you getting click and collect or what are you doing? Is that how did you, and how do you think you caught it? Is the other question. It's a difficult one to know where we caught it. Possibly my daughter coming back out of nursery. I mean, she's like a little uh, petri dish for bugs at the moment. And so we've had colds for the last two months, really. Mm. So it could have been that. Um, possibly Izzy's colleague, my wife's colleague tested positive on well, the day that we had our test could have been her we could have given it to them mum and dad could have given it to us we don't yeah. know Okay. But it is, I mean, it's obviously easily spread. No, you've got no definitive... I no, no idea. We've spoken to everyone. Most well, Fortunately, the thing I was most glad of is that we didn't bring it into the office. Um, Absolutely. Everybody's got yeah. paranoid. We've all disappeared into bubbles and gone and got tests. And I think it was, it was good to react to it at the time. I, the only thing that really concerned me is I didn't show any symptoms enough that I thought I needed to go and get tested. If it wasn't for the fact that Izzy's colleague had came up positive, I wouldn't have thought about it and hence I would have very quickly spread it through the office so that that was fortunate in hindsight yeah but uh, yeah no um, almost asymptomatic there is always hindsight trading in everything yeah. in life as the person who's responsible for the business I had some people who make observations about you know what we do and what we've done and, and all the rest of it and I'm particularly delighted that no one else caught it I, I think our reaction relative to anybody else's. I mean, by the time you found out at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning, by midday mm. Saturday, the, the office had been completely... Fumigated, didn't you? Yeah. So Some would argue my desk probably needed fumigated two years ago, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> overdue. But, 
Yeah, no, I don't think you could have reacted to it any differently. It was the right way, and it, it was on it very quickly. Okay, well, I'm delighted you. Obviously, yeah. you, you know, it's, you're still you're still an overhead. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. what did you do to cover it while you were away? Did you stop I've, I've actually found I've actually enjoyed the period at home. I've got quite a good little setup. I'm sure loads of the trade are similar to this because they've been doing it for a while. But a good little setup at home. Set my office up. 45 inch TV is my monitor. I've got my future screen. Yeah, it's, it's great. I uh, got a bigger desk, and it functions. I've had my my landline here diverted. To, do, do to my a, mobile. Do you want a bigger desk then? <laughs> I look out of place. <laughs> no, um, so no, it's been it's been alright. More space um, to put lots more papers yeah. on, like, like piling up. That's true. Um, that's probably the difference. My one at home's clear, whereas this one's stacked full of full of everything. The, the one thing that has, I suppose, given me sanity, the worst part of it for us and our only downside has been the cabin fever because we're in a very close knit community and everyone knows everyone. There's a lot of curtain twitches and. I'm sure probably the only people in the village with it. You're not allowed to leave the home and almost feels there's an invisible red mark above our door <laughs> and they're all watching. And uh, Well, you do live in the what used to be the pub, don't you? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as our colleague Niall uh, often yeah. points out, you know, that it's not the red lion, it's the dead lion. <laughs> <laughs> and other such, other such, the villagers hate you. I, and think, want to... <laughs> I think that, that tag's going to stick with me for a long time. Yeah, there is another pub in the on the other side of the green, just in case anybody's worried about the, the people of Oldborough not being able to get alcohol. But um, it, it floundered for a long period of time before you bought it. Did, yeah, but, but no, that was the, that was the only bit is just going outside and having some fresh air, not being able to go for a walk and stuff like that, which isn't that much of an inconvenience. But that was a bit. But the thing that I did strangely quite enjoy, but is actually having the normal working life at home. Mm. You know, if I was just sitting there without anything to do, I would have gone stir crazy. Mm really struggled with that so at least you have and then having phone calls coming through and having the odd yarn with farmers and uh, friends in the trade and all that sort of stuff well, other distractions and other calls Exa- oh, that was great so yeah. you can actually focus that, actually, I must admit that is the, the upside if you get on a phone call and you genuinely get a chance to debate everything yeah. without someone going oh can, yeah. can you just do this or can you just do that just sign that yeah. it helps a lot doesn't it yeah it does and it, it, <clears> is, that is it is the distractions that you have the natural office distractions but um, yeah no it's good no we're now technically out of my isolation period, hence why I'm here, but I haven't well, you've been. Gone, you've gone I'm six five, days six days that, past yeah. it. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're allowed in officially next yeah. week, but I thought I'll uh, mm. you know, get the old extended uh, interview leads out and make you sit <laughs> over there. Uh, um, the, only, the only thing I would say, I haven't directly experienced this, but my brother's vulnerable and he's been spending a lot of time researching it. Um, and he came across this uh, drug called Synergen. Um, that is out in the market and it's one of the ones that is is being trialled it's not one of the vaccines and so they're running a phase three trial and as soon as my folks got tested positive they signed up to this synergy thing and then within six hours they had a courier delivery delivering the product this it's an inhaler based product which gives you um helps fight off the infection i think it's a protein but they also have um and I, I, so that's what I'm recommending is for the, anyone with older parents or sort of like vulnerable people. But they have twice a day Zoom chats with a nurse mm-hmm. and testing all their vital signs. So for them, they, you know, they're getting that constant care and, and attention that, from that, a distance, from that, a distance. It's a, happened to everybody, you're saying? 
No, because mum and dad, they're over 70s. Mm-hmm. They're perfect for this trial. So, um, so it's purely a trial, isn't it? Yes, no, trial. Yeah. But the synergen thing, you could, if you were just to plunge, you could say, right, can I have some of that synergen? No, it's not. It hasn't been approved yet, so it's still trial-based product. Okay. But it's an inhaler, so it's a, like a respirator, and I think it's a protein base, and it kind of, what they're selling on is it reduces your admission to intensive care by 75%, I think, is what it is. Um, admittedly, they don't know whether or not they've had the placebo, whether they've had the real thing, but the important thing is that that they've every day they're having their oxygens done by this finger thing and they've got a nurse you know saying you know how are you feeling and all that sort of stuff and i think it's um it gives me a bit of peace of mind they are the same as normal uh no they well they've had worse symptoms than us but just mum just referred to it as her normal winter cold which is great you know that's kind of nice to have that reassurance um that's gone on longer but also the other reassurance is that they've got someone that's from a distance yes it's zoom but someone that's monitoring them twice a day and, and you're incredibly calm, Dad. How did he deal with? Do you know, he his views on it changed because I wouldn't say he was dismissive of it, but he was. We you know the characters with that describing, but an old school farmer type rugby player. You know, it's sort of. Uh, I think most people can read between the lines what that means. Yeah, very stubborn. But he, yeah, he's really got on well with this, which I didn't think. I thought he would dismiss it and say, you know, let a man be pan be, you know, all that sort of So he's taking it seriously. He's taking it really seriously, yeah. And at the whole isolation period and even going beyond what he should have technically isolated for, you know, he's... um, So it's changed his view, and, and he swears by this thing that he's he's on with the nurses, and he had really bought into it, Good. which was great. Well, um, I'm delighted that yeah. he hasn't gone down with terrible symptoms yeah. and ended up in hospital because yeah. there aren't any hospital beds long enough for your old man, is it? <laughs> well, I've just I've just inherited his um, his old bed, which is a uh, a massive oak bed, seven by seven. Yeah, seven foot. It's a good bed. Get a few in there then. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever I mean by that. Anyway, so aside from that, the, the market, what do you reckon? You've What have you missed? I mean, the market's peaked while you've been away and now it's coming down the other side, isn't it? Yeah, I think a few things have changed, hasn't it? The, the Aussie crop is now, they're referring to it as the one in the hundred crop. You know, it's a, it's a monster crop, isn't it? And comparing to Western European yields, I don't know how wide that is over. So that, that has to have a long-term impact, doesn't it, somehow or another? We were told at the start of the week it didn't compete into the UK, but the price of it's got mm-hmm. to be dropping. I think the, their internal markets must be dropping. I mean, the other thing, they haven't got well, they haven't got China on their doorstep who are going to be taking Aussie wheat. So it's mm. got to, you think that is coming over to... It's going to well, come we'll over to other countries. post-Brexit, yeah. Aussie wheat. So which do, you, do you think we'll see it in the UK? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. there's um, enough people with good contacts in Australia to mm. be able to anticipate, you know, I've certainly got the connections over there, to say, OK, look, I think Ben was talking about when we exported some to Australia in 2002, whenever it was. And this is just the reversal of that. It's, it's I was going to ask that. I haven't been in the trade for, what was it, 12 years now? But um, have we seen Aussie wheat? I don't think in my I, history I, I haven't seen Aussie wheat coming to the UK. I don't. No, I don't remember there being Aussie wheat. Not it, not yeah. since we've been in the European Union. Mm. Not to the UK. It's gone into some of our markets, but... Mm. No. Mm. So if that, that's the case, it's still got to work out mathematically. And, you know, what happens to the pound is relevant to that. Mm. If the pound cacks out because, you know, um, negotiations aren't quite as uh, fantastic as the fantasists mm. believe, then, you know, is currency going to drop at the end of this? Is currency mm. going to roar up at the end of this? My, my long-term view is the government's got only one option with currency, and that's allow it to drop yeah. to make us competitive. Mm. So we shall see. Joe Biden did give us a bit of a kick in the balls yesterday with his comments about you know uk at the back of the line for any trade deal barnier must be giving him a good christmas present this year because that was perfect for them he's irish isn't he 
so he yeah. tells everybody. So mm. he's not going to be on our side, which is fine. Everyone was yeah. pinning their hopes on Donald, which is quite strange. But, I, I mean, the reality is you can't... Biden stating what uh, is, is obvious, you know, a bigger market is more important than a smaller one. Mm. But I guess the people who want to fly Spitfire still believe that we're bigger than that. <laughs> I really hope COVID doesn't become the... Cl- I've said this so many times, like, it doesn't become the cloud that covers the reality of what has been done to our country with the lack of ability to trade. It's going to be a mess. We still don't know. It's the 3rd of December as we speak, and we still don't know the, the implications on our simple set of commodities, do we? No. So it's nuts. So how can there be any January trade? Because you won't be able to suddenly switch it on. So it's just... It's, it's pretty evident at the moment when you look at the uh, volume of exports going on. Well, East Coast feed barley's been pretty prolific recently. You know, that's, that's just Brexit I think, trades. I think barley's going to keep going, though. I think barley, mm. we're competitive into other markets post-Christmas. I'm not worried about barley. And it's too mm. cheap, really. Yeah. It's, it's wheat is the issue. And where will a pound be? Can we buy it from Australia or wherever? Is there mm. going to be too much in the end? Probably April, May, June, the farmers that think they're going to get 200 for mm. it will be coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it gets to 200 and they do, and they sell it for that. But all of a sudden it's taken a four or five pound knockback this week yeah. and it doesn't yeah. look quite so firm. But the uh, the farmers haven't accepted that. Now they're being mm. bid 180 something for a week. They're going, oh, no, I'm not selling it. It's like... Oh. I do think it's, uh, and I had a, a long yarn with a, with a, an old friend in the trade um, the other day, and he is quite meticulous in monitoring what they do, as we do, probably not as strongly as what he's done. But he's got to, he believes, within 10% of what they did last year, volume-wise. Off a similar sort of customer base, you know, and, and his yields were, also the yields in his patch were no different to last year. And so he's kind of thinking, yes, okay, a lot of it is going to be in your, your April, June, your forward, but like we have been having that conversation, Jan, March, where do you buy fresh tonnage? The, I think the hard bit is you're going to have your key customers, your key consumers that are going to be phoning up that you always want to be there as a seller to keep them happy, but will you find the tonnage around us to be able to be an offer it to, or to well, be I, a seller? I think Jan, March will be the period when you can't, still can't get it. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, I think it's I, there to buy. I think the April, May, June bit is the bit where the farmers will go, oh, actually, I have got 450 tonnes more wheat to sell. But the merchants are really long. Well, it's easy, it's easier. They, the way that, the way it works is the, the rep phones out, well, we phone out and we go, you know, have you got any wheat? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I've got a little bit I've sold already. I'd better wait and see what... They know they've got some left. And there's a kind of reluctance to commit because they think, well, underlyingly, I'm not, I've not lost anyway. I've won. So I'll, I'll sit it out. I think it might go up. And I think, as I say, the squeeze is not coordinated on the market, but I think it will happen. I think the consumer should be buying his Jan March as we speak, certainly his Jan Feb, um, because prices have come down a fiver. Physical prices haven't come down that fiver. But the mm. psychology of it, it's now broken through 190x mm. and has stopped going up, more importantly, because every day it went up, no one was going to sell into that. Now now yeah. people want last week's prices. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. what about rape, your favourite subject? Have you got any, you know, any it observations? Was, it, t- it took a hammering on, um, there was a couple of things. So there's rains come in South America. And it's kind of the not the, the story has not been put to bed. It wouldn't say it's finished, but it's sentiment to a rain has mm. brought back the soybean market from twelve dollars now to eleven fifty, and then it kind of picked up some technical selling as well. You know, markets don't go up in a straight line. It needed to have a breather. And I just said beans are trading at about eleven dollars fifty, roughly. You know, lots of market reports are suggesting. Oh, when I read yesterday, suggested twelve and a half dollar beans potentially fourteen and a half dollar beans. Wow, you know that's like whoa. So- it, that's a direct one-to-one No, they're not with rapeseed, but you know, going back to Heinz 
hindsight pre the vaccines coming out you know we thought 350 was a really good value and mm. there's still risks of that now that that's unfortunately there's several people that did price it but now that that's out the way i still think rapeseed's now quite supported mm. going forward i think there's tightness i think it will go back and trade through contract highs i mean this is a this is another psychological issue you know when you trade with farmers and you say right this is a sensible price to trade at and then something comes out of left field like mm. the virus or the, in the vaccine yeah. Yeah. comes in you, you don't know that up no, to the moment exactly. the announcement comes through no. so you you know when someone comes oh you made me sell at 350 <sighs> what do you yeah. Well, at that, at that point, prior to that, it was very much well, the vaccine is not going to be out to the end of next year, and you can't every, trade backwards. It's very difficult. Grain to do that trade again. in the country can relate to this moment yeah. where you know something occurs after a deal is done mm. that you don't until that action occurs. You don't know that no. is a fact. It's not in the portfolio is it so when it occurs as a fact it has an influence on the market that's when you find out about it after you've done the deal doesn't does it it, does does, it make you a crook ian i think (laughs) it does certainly get maybe this is probably different to how others probably feel about this in the trade because i think from how we are as an office i have the data interaction with a lot of farmers and the Mm. customers and you kind of take your uh, you feel much more connected to their business and how they're feeling about it so you kind of it does niggle you Maybe more yeah. than, than some, because there are others that are pretty, pretty much just looking at a book and trading it. And, and yes, okay, it's going to affect some of the farm buyers out there. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, but you can't dwell on it too much, can you? No, no. In you the end, you do the best you can. You, you're the best you can be at any given point in time. And if someone really wants to call you a thief, just say, do you know what? I think off. as long as you've got the right motivations behind what you're doing. How to have phoned everyone up having seen a message on my phone that vaccines come out and then steamed in to say, yeah, you better price it. I think that would have been completely yeah, the wrong motivations. So, yeah, I can't, can't look back about it, but um, Good. it is what it is. Morals of doing grain still shine through. I like yeah. that. Um, I just One other thing I'll, I'll just say, you, you mentioned about, you know, on the news you get, you know, the virus gets announced, for example, that when those things come out, it's it's everywhere now. So if there's mm. a major announcement in ever in this world, yeah. it comes out. So you find out very quickly. And oh, seconds, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So... Why watch the news is my point. I've, I've pretty well stopped watching it. I, if I can't be sitting down, it's there. I'll flick onto yeah. it and go. I've, I've got all the new news alerts that come through on the various different apps on my phone and, you know, they're constantly all day and every day. I mean, the, the other thing I think is, and it's probably why the trade is a very different place to probably what you grew up with, but, you know, as soon as there's a reaction on the markets, Twitter is alive with comments and you follow the right people and you, which probably historically let's say for example just trying to think of an example um let's say a russian export ban Mm. had come out that might have potentially taken five six seven hours or maybe into the next day before it got to the likes of ourselves maybe but we'll know probably as soon as any of the other big trading houses now with how technology is yeah there used to be a a weekly or a monthly tender that used to come out something to do with europe this is i've done recording this and my memory's gone at this point but it always seemed to be that the market about three minutes before the announcement started zooming in a certain direction Mm -hmm. which which certainly made you think you know the old french someone's got it someone in france knows what's going on there before everybody else does that doesn't happen so much it's a bit like our uh, our blind speculation that on the famous putin day you know putin let all of his mates know what the score was and uh Gone to go along early. Yeah, well, trading places. That's uh, you know, great film. Yeah. Great film. I did. I did watch that. It, that was some of my uh, respite TV through the um, isolation period. Did watch it? that. Yeah. Blimey, I thought you were working. I have commented, I think, on the podcast before, but um, my favourite scene: Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. What does she do? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. 
Well, she does take her top off, and it's okay. yeah, it's a very very ample shape. Um, my wife did did ask me because uh, I did comment at the time as you as you would, and uh, she couldn't quite see what I saw in her. Yeah, she was looking at her haircut, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's an 80s film so yeah. it's just a great film though it is a good film it's, it's, the principle's Classic. absolutely right isn't it yeah. you know anyway enough of that um, okay so you're, you're fitting well you're back in the office next week properly yep. looking forward to that aren't we yeah. Who's in your bubble? You and Andy, isn't it? Me and Andy. So uh, the Webby bubble will be Mondays. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see whether, I hope not, I've got a slight feeling that the uh, Christmas mode will shut down early this year. Yeah. Oh, you mean, can we collect your wheat? No, we're shut, that one. Yeah, a bit of that, but also the trade going quiet. And I think it's going to be... December can be a quiet month, and, and that first week of Jan can be quite... Do you know what? I hope so. We get it all sorted out and get all the yeah. fixings done and get everything in and get it out and yeah. get people to load it and then all take some time out get just... Yeah. You know, not that we have had enough time at home already, but it's, it's just, yeah, I, I am fed up. 2020, I'd like to see leave the room and, and just get yeah. on. 2021, hopefully, will be a little bit more I think 21 will be positive. I think there's enough things to... I think some positives in the grain market. I, don't, I don't think the volatility will stay, and I'm convinced with current weather patterns that we've seen the last last year and kind of going to next spring <coughs> La Nina and all that sort of stuff I think there's nothing yeah, to be positive about plenty of fun to come isn't yeah. there I've got a couple of questions about your farmy mates have they got all their spuds out now mostly yeah I, I think, think so I think everyone's they've either got them out or planted yeah. them in haven't they I think so and have they put wheat in immediately after it some have some haven't some can't get near the land because it is a bit sticky but I'd say in the, a more parochial sense near us here most people have put wheat in yeah, oh, so less spring lands, barley. Yeah, much less, I think. Yeah. And uh, spring barley seed we were talking about. This area had decent quality stuff. But there's germination issues for some of the seed up north, isn't there? Yes. I do think the um, actually the Norfolk spring barley area might be slightly up. Really? Though. Yeah. On the basis of what? Just I think people are sort of reacting to it, and it's the spring wheat, spring barley conversation. I think on the whole, the spring barley area is going to be massively down. But I think possibly in Norfolk, because we've had that four to five inches of rain that some bits of land weren't yeah, quite true. good to go at. And I think some people are thinking, well, do I grow wheat? Yes, okay, it's a banker. But on good barley land, I think some will have a slightly bigger spring barley area. Okay. And obviously, first day back shooting is today, was it? Or yesterday? Yeah, today. Yeah, so. Wednesday. So, yeah. are they all out there? Have they all suddenly I'd gone? assume so. I'd assume so. It's, it's, it's markedly quieter today, isn't it? Not only is it kind of a hobby, a sport, but it's also quite a big industry. So, there's a lot of game that kind of needs to Look, be. Has, has it changed the dynamic? This is the final question. Has it changed the dynamic of trading in December to what it normally is? Because you have a leading personality in a, in a shooting cart mm. who influences people. And a lot of people have had none of that. They've had their own thoughts yeah. and their own yeah. way of doing things, and they haven't had these other yeah. uh, brackets, cleverer people telling them what they're doing <laughs> wrong or making them feel not quite so clever. You know, do, do you think... I, I think that's had an impact. Maybe. I think there's a change in behaviour for some people because they haven't had yeah. that or heard those conversations that made them or prompted them to do things. Yeah, so that's an interesting point. I haven't considered that. But, yeah, the, the, the shooting car environment, there's enough people that will chat grain or farming as you do you get a group of farmers together and um yeah they're all probably generally going around in their own well, the, vehicles and it won't, they won't have that same interaction well, I think, the last yeah. week of november mm. normally is pretty well 
you know, they're out there by then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're, get, they're thinking, oh, this is the comfy time. I feel nice doing it this time yeah. of year. This is a good time to go shooting. It starts to get colder, yeah. There was a lot of bored farmers last week or the week yeah. before. They were like, oh, my goodness, yeah. I can't wait to get there. I need to yeah. do something. And so that in itself, they, they really were in a different mode. They couldn't do a lot. Oh, right. yeah. they, they actually corresponded with the dry period, which made them perhaps go and get, mm. get their blokes to put wheat in or whatever. But, but the actual mm. dynamic of decision-making was altered because they didn't have the debate. They just yeah. they were just kind of yeah. probably watching trading places like you yeah, were. True. One thing I have noticed, whether this is just me coming to a um, complete blind assumption, but is most of the calls I've been getting have been from landlines rather than mobiles. And I think most have been at home in the office. Yeah. Whereas most would be on the hoof and maybe like in their truck on their hands-free yeah, phoning and kind of, I think it's uh, it's been a very different November period. Not just because of the shooting season. So their paperwork's up to date then? <laughs> 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 I mean, no, yeah. keep putting it to the back. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, well, yeah, no, mm. fair observation, which means there's a behavioural change, which means mm. that some of the decision making processes have changed. I think that's, mm. that's true. I also think that now they're going to get out shooting again, we might see a surge in decision making coming up. Yeah, but I. Mm, I think maybe actually because they're shooting, they're actually they're going to be cramming a lot more into a shorter space time. So I think a lot more actually alcohol. January, yeah, <laughs> January will be okay. I appreciate some people have got blokes on the farm to be able to do do things, but um, not everyone's in that position, and there'll be a lot of farmers that probably won't be able to load because they will be shooting. Yeah, won't work. We'll, we'll try and fit round it, won't we? Yeah. Anyway, with that, it's great. I'm glad you glad you survived. No, Webby. good to be back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go out and earn your, earn your salary yeah. now. All right. Anyway, I'm keen to kind of get back into the old groove. So I have got a full squad of COVID-free people to drink beer. I have got Josh and Henry, the two lads. Hello. Hiya. Oh, yeah. And I've got Webby, as you know, who we won't let have the mic too much, just in case. I think I probably should say, technically, I'm the only one here that could actually be COVID-free at the moment, because I'm the only one with the, the antibody, the superior body. Although you might have caught it twice. Is that why you got that haircut? <laughs> anyway, right, Josh has been running on about a beer called... Josh, talk us through this. It's Tubel. It's a company my friend's brother works for. Henry met and knows the founders of it. And out of all the alt beers that keep coming on this podcast, I thought if you're going to have an alt beer, you may as well try a remotely nice one. Something which Josh has mentioned there with the founder of it, he's absolutely right with it being remotely nice. But weirdly, I worked with the founder of it, Jesse Wilson at Mars Chocolate and the story behind it I believe is it's a pesh beer from the Alps and they came back and they kind of realised that there was nothing like this in the UK market and they decided to brew their own beer they loved it out there and they brought it back and since then it's been a massive success it's in a load of Waitrose and Sainsbury's across the whole of the UK me and Henry have already <coughs> discussed that if we tell dad before the podcast that he'll hate it during the podcast, he'll probably say that he likes it. <laughs> and I've just jumped the gun and got in there earlier before the official supposed to have a go at it. But it's, it's really good. Oh, quite like it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Old beer is that the new? That's no, like a trendy way of. Well, it's, it's, it all, it's all the ones that I keep seeing that keep on the podcast, like the ice cream flavored one or the whatever flavor it is at the time. Is, so what's going is, is old beer the new way of saying craft beer? No. No, it's still a craft beer, but I think craft beer's been overused. But there's also an alternative. I assume so, yeah. I'm just, that's my terminology. It's no one else's. It is also, for a beer, it is gluten-free and it is vegan. So now, gluten-free beers, as we all know, are not great. But these beers are what one of our friends refers to, Jan, as a breakfast beer. It's the perfect beer to have have a breakfast or on a hangover. So I just want to pick Henry up on a pêche. What's a pêche? Pêche, I believe, is French for peach. 
Yeah, so, um, so why didn't you say peach? We're not in bleeding France, are we? Ah, uh, not in <laughs> Maybe. But, no, you're right, it is a breakfast beer. And I think it is just a really refreshing, different take on an essentially kind of cidery. It's not a cider, I know it's a beer, but have you tried no, it yet? No, I'm not young, I do my obligatory, I don't like it thing, any second now, okay? Actually, if you're interested, I think up until... Tuesday, if you order it and you put Adam15 on the discount code, you get 15% off there from their website. So definitely worth the trial. I'm not sure why we're plugging this so hard, but it's but just, it is great. But yeah. the other thing is, is also they're doing a thing at the moment where if you send a picture of the receipts you, when you've bought a Jubel beer, you are in a chance for winning a year's free beer supply. Well, it tastes like peach. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Great breakfast beer. That's right. It's just all right, yeah. It tastes like someone's <clears throat> tipped a can of peach syrup into a beer. Which well, actually, I think, is what exactly what it is, to be oh, fair. Well, we could do that. But, yeah, yeah you could. Yeah. But their marketing is good. Yeah, they I think the, the, the funny thing about a beer is that we all know that it's probably 90-odd percent male-driven or male-consumed, you know, male consumed, whereas Jubel is actually 50-50. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. So instead of you know going to the park and having a bottle of Merlot so with your wife, or you could actually enjoy uh, Jubel. I think it's quite nice. So if you got off the lockdown... And you had your jab, or you got your antibodies like you ever be, and you haven't had a proper sesh for ages. Would you hit this one at that point? Would it be the one you reached for? I've got to admit, I think, well, I think you know about this, but I had a trade gathering on a Zoom call, and I was kind of technically still probably fighting off some of the infection. I had four pints within the hour, quite quickly, and I started to shake after, so I thought my body probably didn't need four pints in trying to fight off an infection at that point in time were you cured the next day no it definitely escalated my hangover see i would take four pints in my stride without even banging an eyelid but no that did <laughs> that did hit me so you had like a couple of halves and i think i'd struggle having three or four of these they're a bit too if you're hung over i defy anyone to find a better beer find and argue guinness is delicious or whatever but if you're on a stag do or anywhere and you need to have a morning beer, this is the yeah, no, best okay. choice. It, it just takes over from orange juice, doesn't it? Yeah. But with all the peach goodness, I guess. Can we claim vitamin C or D or something? I don't know. I'll, maybe they can stick it on no, their label. I will say, J-U-B-E-L. Yeah. Jubel. Good stuff. Where's it It's actually brewed in Devon, I believe, actually, I think. And they've got a number of other ranges of beer. Tier one. Um, tier one, Yeah. <laughs> So they can sesh without the meal. I think it's in 400 Sainsbury's. I think perhaps that's even gone up. And also, like, three-figure amount of Waitrose as well. Yeah, or locally, yeah, you can go to Waitrose in North Walsham and get it. It's fairly well hidden, but you can get them in bottles. I think they're three and for five. How long good. have they been knocking around for? Is this a new product? Jubel, I believe, have been around for probably three or four years, but I actually think they've been in trade for the last two and it has been a massive success. And I think a lot of that is also to do with the women that really enjoy it as well. You know, it's just getting them into the beer market, which I think is a massive thing for it, which is why it's had such a good success. Is that why you two quite like it? Because you can't handle your normal standard beers. <laughs> you like a bishop's finger, don't you, Have You know that. <laughs> I if we got one of them over there, actually. Yeah. I've got to review that, because we got given some free bishop's finger yeah, from... Ian's sitting on it. <laughs> Do you know, I've really missed this. Just drinking beer and having a bit of a moment. Now, moving on. Let's finish these off and then let's have a bishop's finger. Because we've got to say thanks to Tim Porter from Sofitra who sent us eight bottles up. Sofitra are a fantastic group of people. They're lovely. Second only to doing grain. 
But the bishop's finger is what brought you that recommendation, everybody. Are you hearing? Are you hearing me? Anyone from Frontier or ADM or Viterra or whoever? Anyway, right, so on to bishop's finger. Just for those who don't know, bishop's finger is the name for the signpost that pilgrims followed in Kent. On the picture of the bottle, there is a picture of a signpost, and it looks a bit like someone pointing. So the name comes from the shepherd's name of the brewers, and it comes from the signpost that people used to have pointing towards Canterbury. Just so everybody knows, we are very aware of how these names come about, and it changes the subject from the, what these smutty lads are talking about. Henry, will you undo? Yes. OK, so we have in front of us a more traditional-looking, proper colour, proper old-school, 5.1% bishop's finger. Now, let's just try that and pretend we're sitting in the pub. I actually do love it. It's such an easy beer to drink, though, isn't it? I just, I've always loved beers like that. Solid beer. Yeah, I mean, a bit more imagination needed, but no, it is. No, 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 it, yeah, it's a good bit. You actually don't see it very often in pubs. No, not, it's certainly not draft up in this neck of the woods, no, because it's, since craft beers have been out, there's been so many local people shoving their beers that you don't see these kind of vaguely national brands getting out there. I apologise to Shepherd's name if it is much more than just a vaguely national brand, by the way, but it's big in the bottle market, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive in the bottle market. <clears throat> and it kind of, to be honest, it's the go-to. You know you can go anywhere across the UK and if you see it, you know it's going to be good. Whereas, you know, locally you could go for something else that you know you know it's going to be okay. But generally a bottle, I would say it's the best one. I'll tell you a good beer, a bottle beer and draft beer that you do see more often. Timothy Taylor. Oh. Yeah, I had a very fortunate, just before I, on the Wednesday night before I um, heard the news, coincidentally I went to, uh, I'm going to sound like a bit of a dick now, but I went to Waitrose, stocked up with a load of Timothy Taylor and a load of Adams. You've and made kept it. Me, kept me going. Is that because Evanessa shot in? No, the, uh, on, on a serious note, Timothy Taylor, you get it off the tap on a lot of pubs in... Uh, and in the smoke, and it is. Oh, I love it. It's cracker. Is it? See, I, I did a bit of research, having enjoyed it a few evenings, and it's used as a really old barley, Golden Promise, I think, isn't it? Blimey, that is an old barley. Yeah, yeah, great. And I don't often hear it. But I've heard <clears> many a fine Golden tune Promise. played on an old fiddle. Is Golden Promise not older than Marisotta? Yeah, this is spring barley, isn't it? Yeah. We'll have to get Timothy Taylor in for a taste, won't we? Unless you've done it Could already. Uh, or they can get him to sponsor their it and send us yeah, a free come on. Somebody but send us a Timothy Taylor and you get a fabulous mention on the forefront podcast. On the, uh, on the Bishop's Finger, though, I've just read on the bottle that the brewer is the Britain's oldest brewer. Did you already mention that? No. Oh, apparently it is. Yeah, he's 96. Henry actually touched on something there, though. <laughs> I think sponsorship, if anyone does enjoy the beer bit other than us, maybe a good sponsorship wouldn't actually be a bad idea. Yeah. Sending free beers. Diageo, maybe? Or... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we have a, yeah, a T-shirt or two. AB and Bev. They can buy the podcast. <laughs> yeah, OK. <laughs> certainly save a bit of time every week, wouldn't yeah. it? I had someone say to me today, he's a, a German guy who listens to our podcast, or has listened to our podcast, and he said, uh, he said, oh, you know, it's amazing how you can do that with running your company and uh, to do a podcast on a weekly basis. It's amazing the amount of work you put into it. And I thought, oh, I better not tell him that, in fact, I just pick up the mic and it goes straight from the hip, <laughs> straight out of my mouth, and I pass it on to someone who edits it. But, yeah. That yeah, the editing bit must be the hard bit, but well, that's why we're so good. Josh yeah. and Rhiannon now who do it. Yeah, they're learning the special ways in which we find ourselves amusing. So, just for clarity, not me. 
another yeah. Josh. No, it is you. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. The, you're the, the editor, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Podcast, we call you in the office. Yeah, no, Josh and Rhiannon, they do edit it. They are good, aren't they? You just don't want them to miss the bits that... You don't want it to be construed in the wrong way, but with the funny bits, you want to keep them in there. It's a toughie. It's, we haven't had anyone phone in and be utterly offended yet. You know, Because that bit's been edited out. <laughs> well, yeah, there's been a couple of moments, but we'll, we'll, we'll skip over those. And there's hopefully one word being dropped out today as well. Anyway, yeah, so other than that, it's kind of just nice to get back to drinking a beer, isn't it? Yeah, great. Just looking forward to that first one off the tap in a, in a pub. When are, you, well. when are you going to the pub? Are we allowed there yet? Tier two, are we allowed at the pub? With a meal? Yeah, no, we're allowed, yeah, you just have to have a, a meal, which, funny enough, is a substantial meal. Sorry, not just a meal, a substantial meal. But a substantial meal can be defined as a Scotch egg. Okay. So it's 20 Scotch eggs, please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, 20 it would be funny if someone, someone like, you know, walked up, the waiter walked up and goes, okay, you're, you're at the barman, and you say, right, I'll have a, a couple of pints, please, and I'll have a, I'll have a Scotch egg. That would be a well, substantial the, meal. the other thing is, is once you finish your substantial meal, is you're meant to then leave. But I don't think anyone around here or, or any pub actually is going to kick you out once you've finished your meal. And it's just when you get a couple of Karens walk in that, you shouldn't be doing that, you need to leave now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And actually, I mean, if, they, if you order a scotch egg with every pint, fine, it becomes expensive. But they can't argue with that. You don't have to eat them. So you roll in about, you know, 11 o'clock, holding your guts, going, oh, that fifth substantial meal was the one. <laughs> my, only, my only thing with it is, my advice to anyone is, go to somewhere with good table service. Because we've gone to pubs that were only table service, which weren't used to table service, and their table service was dreadful. So go somewhere you know you're going to get quick service. It's a golden opportunity for someone behind the bar to really be funny. So say someone, you know, a little bit podgy goes in and goes, right, I'll have a couple of pints and I'll have a scotch egg, please. And he goes, that'll be my substantial meal. And the barman goes, yeah, right, fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was something that's been doing the rounds a bit on Facebook and social media, but someone has put a sign on one of the beer pumps yes, labelling the beer substantial meal. <laughs> I was like, that's brilliant. meals, please. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I tell you, I did go to the, the ship at Weybourne, right? And there's some pubs are really well organised and some are not really well organised. That pub is brilliantly organised for this dynamic and really efficient. Loads of people were coming in. It was fantastic. Really got their act together and consequently, it's very popular. And there was people waiting outside to get in because they're very strict about where people could sit but they were so quick and everyone recognized they had to speed up a bit with kind of trying to make it fit for everybody it, i was really impressed with it how about that some pubs have thrived on the back of it i can't say that for every pub in the so it sounds a bit serious but every pub in the sector but some have done really well have they yeah, or they just boys in Housham's had a really cool vibe yeah it's been all right Obviously, it's a really trendy <coughs> modern word there. I doubt they've made as much as they would have done normally, though. No, and I also think it, okay, it's easy enough for me to say here because I don't work in the industry, but there perhaps could have been a few that could have adapted a bit quicker and got, especially in the summer, some really oh, yeah. small little outside little bar bits that where you got takeaway pints, you know, just cool little stands that are socially distanced that actually you could still get punters buying your beer that, okay, they might not be able to drink now or whatnot. But at least they're buying it. Some people I've noticed didn't jump on that as much as they could have. We're so lucky not to pick it up too much, but the ship in Munsley is, without being too one-eyed about it, has got an amazing pub garden. And I do think it's actually one of the best pub. Yeah. If you take it by location, being on the cliff, overlooking the sea, where the sun does set in summer, 
and it's got so many tables and all this space, if they were just that little bit quicker on serving beer, they could have one of the best pubs in Norfolk, in my opinion, beer garden-wise. Actually, just to say, there's a pub in Wandsworth called The Ship, which is renowned for a Sunday session, and it's get a lot of yuppies going there, but it is a good session pub. Yeah, Munsley uh, <laughs> recently had a little press release in that we were doing and reposted it about the house prices in Munsley went up 40%. Do you notice that? Yeah, I did actually. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> mentioned oh, I don't know why I'm talking about that. Oh, doing properties. Oh, oh yes, yeah, where we will. Amazing. <laughs> Top 10 in the country. <laughs> I tell you, they do need to sort the pubs out, don't they? They do. Yeah. they do. Although the ship has got great potential. But yeah, that area. Although, you know, there's some good pubs. But I still need to be a member of that club. The Hague. There is the cheapest <laughs> pint in Norfolk. And you can go there with four of you. Buy a membership and get four pints for less than twenty quid. With four and, substantial meals. Yeah, and four substantial meals. And the um, <laughs> and, and, and the so membership is eight pounds a, a year. Five pounds a pint. No, the membership's eight pounds a year. So it's three pounds a pint, three fifty a pint, three pounds a pint. Mm. Well, Which is, uh, but then that's also for a, for a relatively expensive like Cronenberg or something. You can go and get Wherry for like just over two quid. I just want to sort that hotel out. That'll make all the difference. Munsey's a place, boys. If you've got all that spare cash that's now you have to pay money on having in your accounts, all you lot out there, you need to buy a house in Munsey. We've sold all ours except for one, but so we can't supply everybody with a house. But I'm telling you, house prices in Munsey, gone through the roof and going up further, is the new Burnham, isn't it? Anyway, boys, it's been really good to have a beer. So let's... Uh, Oh, I, we can't do it every single week because it depends who we're talking to. And, but thanks for indulging me and having a drink. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, lads. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released. And follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.